with all of the, this is how it is with the kingdom of God parables, one thing always comes out very clear. That the kingdom of God, if it's the kingdom of God, grows. That's what happens. The kingdom of God grows. Think about it. So in the first parable that we had, we've got the, the, ski, the seed being scattered and uh, the, fruit, the, the plants, you know, growing first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Then with the second one that we had in the gospel today, we had the, the mustard seed, right? The little mustard seed, it grows and it becomes this big plant. Also, you can think of um, the, the parable of the yeast in the, in the bread, right? What happens? It grows. With every single one of these, the kingdom of God grows. And obviously, this, this idea of the kingdom of God can be applied to a, a lot of different things, right? So to a certain degree, the entire universe is the kingdom of God. Right? God is the universe, and so that's the kingdom of God. You can look at the church universal. That's the kingdom of God. And then, really, you can think of every single kind of area of influence in the world any kind of area of control that a person has, and think of that as a certain kind of kingdom that we can either hand over to God or we can hand over to something else. And the smallest of those little areas of of influence, areas of control, are our own individual souls. And that's really the situation, that's that's the kingdom that we have the most control over. And if we just get our own souls all lined up, then the rest of the kingdoms will kind of take care of themselves, right? If everybody would just make their own soul a kingdom of God, then all of the other things would just kind of naturally become kingdoms of God as well. So what I want to do is is look at this idea of the kingdom of God as specifically our own soul. So, if it's the kingdom of God, it grows. My question to you is, are you growing in the spiritual life? Are you growing as a Christian? Or are you just kind of there? You know, I mean, you're all at mass. That's good. It's an important thing, doing something. But are you growing? I think that's a fairly challenging question. It's easy to just kind of coast in the spiritual life. But if we really want the kingdom of God within us, if we want our souls to be the kingdom of God, we need to be growing. And so I want to use these parables that we have in the gospel to take a look at perhaps some of the reasons why growth might not be happening in our spiritual life. And we'll start from the second parable, the parable with the mustard seed. Right? So the parable goes that you know, the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, and then it gets planted, and then it becomes this big, huge tree, bush thing. And all the, um, all the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. I think what sometimes impedes someone from growing in the spiritual life is that they see the spiritual life, this whole really investing in a relationship with Jesus Christ as kind of like a, like a mustard seed. It's just kind of insignificant. It's just not that important. So I'm not going to put in the work. I'm not going to d- 
do all of this because it's, I'm not really going to get anything out of it. It's just not that important. Not worth it. But that little mustard seed of the spiritual life, if planted and nurtured, becomes the greatest of trees. In that little tiny seed of the spiritual life, in fact, we have the greatest power. The greatest, you could say, return on investment. If we just set aside, you know, whatever it is, 20, 30 minutes a day, every single day, to develop a relationship with God, it's incredible what comes from it. You know, we all, we all have heard stories of, you know, things happening in people's lives because of prayer. But one of my favorite ones is uh, the story of Mother Angelica. So Mother Angelica is the, the founder of EWTN. And there's a, a famous story about her where, you know, EWTN was growing and we were kind of moving into the era of satellite television. And she, she thought to herself, well, if EWTN is going to remain relevant in the area of satellite television, we need a satellite dish. So what did she do? She ordered a satellite dish. $150,000 satellite dish. No money. She just kind of played along like she had the money. She was like, oh, yeah, 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 go ahead and ship it here. We'll pay, we'll pay you when you get here. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And so time goes by. She's praying like, Lord, the satellite dish is coming and you've got to pay for it. So figure something out. All the way up to the day of delivery to the point where the satellite dish arrives at the convent. Right? The dude driving the truck, he's got the satellite dish in the back of his truck, and he says, all right, where's the payment? I'm ready to unload it. I'm ready to install. <laughs> and Mother Angelica still doesn't have the money, and so she just goes to the chapel and starts praying. She's like, Lord, you got to pay for your satellite dish. Like, let's go. <laughs> and, you know, all the other sisters are buying time. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 we're just, we're just, we're figuring it out. Don't worry. We just got to find Mother. Yeah, we're, we're looking for the checkbook. It'll be, it'll be okay. And while this is happening, while Mother Angelica is praying in the chapel, this, this rich guy calls from his yacht and just says, hey, I want to talk to Mother Angelica. And the porter, you know, the, the, the nun that's usually in charge of answering the phone, is like, oh, Mother's a little busy right now. <laughs> no, no, I want to talk to her. Oh, she's praying. I'm sorry. You can't talk to her. She's in the chapel. She's no, no, no. I need to talk to Mother. She's Okay. So you can imagine, right, this young nun comes in and is like, Mother, sorry, yeah, he really wants to talk to you. Right? So she hands the phone over to Mother Angelica, and the guy just says, Mother, I love what you're doing with EWTN. I want to help you out. What do you need? Mother Angelica goes, good, $150,000. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And so right there, he makes the phone calls, wires the money over to the sister's account. They pay for the satellite dish. The satellite dish is unloaded that day, and EWTN enters into the era of satellite television. Talk about a return on investment, right? Now, <laughs> there are many stories like that, but you know that, that particular story is a... It's one that shows the power of prayer, but still it's, it's limited because it was all kind of material things, right? Inevitably, every material thing 
just kind of decays. That, that satellite dish, in fact, is, it's still sitting at AWTN because it's kind of a, a reminder of God's providence to everybody that works there, but they don't use it anymore. It's obsolete. It's not needed. Really, the power that's in that little mustard seed of prayer, of a real relationship with Jesus Christ, is something that goes beyond this world. What's the thing that ends the power of every human being? Ultimately, it's death. That's when human beings are no longer able in this world. And yet, it's that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the spiritual life that makes it such that we can think of death, the thing that has terrorized humanity for millennia, and just say, eh, it's not that bad. You can't really stop me. Because through the spiritual life, we are united to a source of power that cannot be stopped. Literally, even the crucifixion couldn't hold Christ down. That's the power in the spiritual life. You give 20 minutes a day to have eternity. So sometimes what happens is that a person is not growing in the spiritual life because they didn't really decide to do it. They just never really thought it was worth it. It's very, very rare that the spiritual life is tried and found wanting. It's usually just simply not tried. Another thing that could keep a person from <clears throat> growing in the spiritual life comes from the, the first parable. And so the first parable kind of glosses over it, makes it all seem very simple. It says, this is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is, it, is, it is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He not, knows not how. But you guys know that you don't just throw seed out there and then plants start growing. Think about the amount of work that has to go into preparing a field. Right? You've got to clear the field. You've got to cut down the trees, tear up the roots. You've got to build some sort of protection around it, a fence or a wall. You've got to plow the field. You, gotta, you hit rocks. You've got to dig the rocks up, get them out of the way. If it's not particularly fertile land, you have to irrigate the fields. And then you lay the seed. Really, growing something takes work. If it didn't cost anything, it probably wasn't worth anything. So I think many people with the spiritual life, they make this decision where they're like, yeah, you know, I want a spiritual life. I want a relationship with Christ. But they're just not willing to put forth the work necessary. You know, so, oh yeah, I want to spend 20 minutes a day praying. I want to spend 30 minutes, an hour, however long. But they aren't willing to cut 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of something else out of their life. They don't want to have to deal with the loss of something else so that they can have the spiritual life. Also with the moral life, it's hard to grow in holiness. You have to look at yourself, the ugliest parts of yourself, and recognize them and say, that is in me. 
beg God for his grace and then come up with a clear plan on how you're going to change and then carry out the plan. It's a difficult thing to do to grow in the spiritual life, but it's well worth it. Things that cost greatly, cost greatly because they have great worth. The third and last thing that I want to highlight as a possible thing that keeps people from growing in the spiritual life is in the second part of this first parable. It goes on and it says, of its own accord the land yields fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear, and then when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. The fruit isn't born immediately. There's a whole long process to this. It's actually, it's a good thing that we call the spiritual life a, a life, because it's very similar to natural life. Think about the amount of time, energy, money, protection that you pour into a child before they start contributing to society in some way. Right? Kids are a lot of work. It's a good thing they're cute. Right? And it takes a long time, years and years and years. It's the same thing with a plant. Right? You plant a tree, a little seed, you gotta fertilize it and water it, and it starts growing and it's a little sapling. You gotta protect it so that some animal doesn't eat it. You know, it keeps growing and then you gotta make sure it grows up straight and see so the little poles with the strings and stuff around it. And it keeps growing, and then finally, after a year or two, you start seeing some flowers or something growing on the tree. It starts at least being kind of pretty. And then, maybe a year or two after that, then it starts bearing actual fruit. And usually, the first year, the fruit isn't very good. It just takes a long time for life to bear fruit. It's the same way in the spiritual life. I think there are plenty of people out there who, who start off and they're like, yeah, I want to I have a spiritual life. And they even make the sacrifices necessary. They put in the work. But after one year, two years, three years, five years, they start saying, oh, gosh, this is a lot of work. I don't know if it's really worth it. And they give up before the harvest is ripe. Or what I think is even more common is what happens to me with gardening, right? I'm an awful gardener. Not because I don't know, like, okay, you have to have good soil, and you plant, plant the seeds, and you have space, and you water it, and all that. Like, I, I know how to garden. That's not my problem. My problem is that I get all excited. I'm like, yeah, we're going to plant a plant. This is going to be great. And I plant the plant, and I water it for, you know, a week, two weeks. And then I just forget about it. Right? Or, or you have one of those days that's really, really busy, and you get to the end of the day, and then you think to yourself, oh, I didn't water the plant today. Nah, it'll be fine. And you just don't water it. Right? And that happens one day, two days, three days, and then the plant stops growing. It starts withering, and it dies. Or you get to the point where you're, like, mowing the lawn, and you're like, oh, do I really want to weed eat around the garden right now? Like, man, we'll just kind of mow over it. It'll be fine. We'll get the weeds too. <laughs> and you just cut down, 
the garden to the same height as everything else. I think that's what happens in the spiritual life. We just get busy, we get distracted, kind of forget that we're doing this. And after a, a hard day, a hard week, a hard month, a hard year, you just say, ah, it's not that important. I'll do it tomorrow. And slowly, the spiritual life withers and dies. Or we just say, ah, you know what? I've got too many other things going on. I just can't do this right now. And we cut down the spiritual life to the same height as everything else in our life. So, I hope you felt somewhat challenged whenever I asked you, are you growing in the spiritual life? Hopefully, it wasn't just a flat like, nah, not growing, right? It usually, most people, I think, were probably like, oh, am I? I haven't really, I don't know. Is there growth happening? It's a hard thing to discern. But I think what is probably the case is that for every single one of us, there is something that we can change to allow that growth to happen a little bit better, to happen a little bit more. Maybe we do look at the spiritual life as that little, little mustard seed of like, ah, that much can't come from it. It's not that important. It's not that big. It's not that powerful. Maybe it's a bit like uh, you know, looking at a field. We just haven't put in the work yet for the growth to really happen. We haven't made the sacrifices. Or maybe we did give it a good go for a little bit, but we just didn't persevere. We didn't keep it as a priority. We, didn't, we weren't willing to continue to make the sacrifices necessary for a real spiritual life, for a real relationship with Christ. Whatever it is, just correct that. It's okay. Keep striving. The spiritual life really is the only life that lasts for eternity. It's the only source of life, the source of power that is beyond anything any human being could give us. If we continue to work, continue to invest in the spiritual life, it blossoms into eternal beatitude.